Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Sports Talk from the Crib. I'm your host, Tanner Christian. And coming up on today's episode, NFL Week 13 storylines. You know, it's this expect the unexpected. That's going to be the main theme of today's episode. And get into the Thursday Night Football recap. You know, Week 13 marquee matchups. And, of course, my man, Devon A. Chan is back for Miami. So we get it all in that into a little bit because we've just been seeing some crazy stuff. we got some good storylines for you today. But before we get started, make sure you subscribe, follow up on the social media networks. We're, on, we're at Feely Heat Entertainment. That's Feely Heat ENT. It's on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and X. Also, um, check out the website, sportstalkfromthecrib.com. We stream the podcast on there. And check out the little blog post. And we know we're available on all streaming platforms. New episodes are airing every Tuesday and Friday. Um, so be sure to go ahead and subscribe, follow, and keep in touch so you get those notifications and uh, and whatnot. So let's get it started on today's episode. You know, um, a lot of big storylines heading into week 13 in the NFL. The Eagles are flying high, sitting at 10-1. and one, Another amazing win last week um, against the Buffalo Bills that went down to the wire. The Denver Broncos are on a five-game win streak. And Joe Flacco is going to be the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns this coming Sunday. What is it, like 18 years? He's still going strong, right? Who would have thought um, that he would be still... He just signed with them last week, I believe, So because Dorian Thompson went out with a concussion. And you don't want Paul Walker to, to um, be the you know quarterback in them. So, yeah, it's... it's Got to get somebody, but hey, Joe Flacco knows the offense. Why not give him some time? Of course, he played for the Jets last year when Zach Wilson snuck up the joint. And Joe Flacco came in to have 300-yard games and then also got hit a lot. And uh, that's the story of Joe Flacco's career last year. Former MVP with the Ravens, won the Super Bowl. So, we'll see what he can do with this Browns team that's uh, holding on to about, what are they, 7-4. Terrifying for the playoff spots. In the, in the AFC. So, but let's get into Thursday night football recap. We got the Seahawks and Cowboys in a shootout. What? Yeah, expect the unexpected. Like, who would have thought Seattle would be putting up all these points on that Dallas defense? And Dak Prescott's still out there balling. Cowboys would end up winning the game 41 to 35. So it was basically Geno Smith versus Dak Prescott. You know, it was, what a QB matchup. Uh, Geno Smith, 23 of 41 on the day, 334 passing yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Dak Prescott, 29 of 41, 299 yards with three touchdowns, no interceptions. And it was like a battle between DK Metcalf, CD Lamb. Who's going to come out on top? DK Metcalf got in the end zone more. CD Lamb, of course, is going to get the last laugh. With the victory, but DK Metcalf, six catches, 134 pat, uh, receiving yards, three touchdowns, including that 180 plus yard to start off the game. CeeDee Lamb, 12 receptions, 116 yards, and a touchdown. So they were going at it. Cowboys are now 9 and 3, four game win streak. Uh, they've just been balling since Philly. Um, Seattle falling down the 6 and 6 as they're fighting for the NFC side. In that in the wild card, so who would have thought that uh, it would be a shootout in Dallas? Hey, you never know on these Thursday night football games. Anyway, the thing is with Seattle and Dallas, they played last week during Thanksgiving, so they actually had a week to prepare for the game. But in reality, it's just like 
Thursday Night Football. Expect the unexpected because you never know what's going to happen. You don't know what seems to want to show up. Usually, one of them just plays horrible. The other one plays lights out. But this time, it was just, it was just a shootout, like we said. Now, going forward, is this a cause for concern a little bit for those Cowboys? I mentioned they lost to Philly in the four games since then. They, they've been incredible. So is Dak Prescott. He's been playing like an MVP. We're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit on that because of the schedule. They haven't beaten a 500, a team above 500. Now they've beaten a 500 team because technically Seahawks was above 500, 6 and 5, but now they're 6 and 6. So technically they haven't beaten anybody over 500 if you want to look at it that way because they're 6 and 6. So that's the Cowboys for you. But I think in coming weeks is what we're really going to be able to tell if they're for real or not because the Niners and Eagles seem so much higher. And more consistent, and the teams to really beat in the NFC, they may meet again in the NFC Championship game. The Lions, they've had their moments. You know, they lost to the Packers last week. So, still, I think I will still pick the Lions over the Cowboys at this moment. So, Cowboys are in that four best team in the NFC right now to me, still, despite this 9 and 3 record and on this win streak. But let's look at the schedule coming up. They got the Eagles. They got at Buffalo, at Miami, Detroit, you know, at Washington. So, Eagles, 10-1 current. Bills, they're no joke, really. They're, you know, they're, they've been uh, struggling the last couple few weeks. You got at Miami, and you got Detroit. So, there's my comparison with the Lions. I might think the Lions are still better than them. Look at that. That's a tough four-week stretch. Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Lions. You're really going to find out about the Dallas Cowboys. If they're for real not, if Dak Prescott can continue to rise up in these situations, but you know those Cowboys, they're an accident waiting to happen. You're going to look so great, especially these last month, and Dak's played exceptionally well over the course of the last like, couple months where he's thrown over 20 touchdowns and only two interceptions. But it's December, Cowboys. When we think they're so good, they seem to kind of give us that failing moment where we're like, oh, that is them. That's the team we're known to see. The failure, the collapse, right? And it's a little bit scary. I hope we really don't really, uh, you know, see this happen again. But it's kind of hard not to really get prepared for it because we all think. It could happen to this team. Because what happens to that defense last night? Michael Parsons didn't even get a sack? I think they have 35 points to a struggling Seattle Seahawks team. He was starting a rookie running back, Sarbonnet. Kenneth Walker was out. DK Metcalf looked like, he actually finally looked like a Calvin Johnson. Like, well, I thought he was supposed to be, you know, huge dude. Nobody can stop you. He actually played like it. For the first time in quite a damn while last night. So it's about time we saw that again, but Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, you're going to be it on this offense. Brandon Cooks is getting a lot more involved. Jake Ferguson, the tight end. Tony Pollard, of course, in the backfield. Like, they got weapons. Can they sustain it when they face the good teams? Can they sustain it when it gets to January? 
or we're going to see them fall again. I think we're actually going to. That's a tough stretch. They could literally lose all four of those games. Instead of being sitting at nine and seven. Can you imagine? And there's a finale with the commanders to get into the playoffs. They got to win. They get that win. And then they're in the playoffs. Like that's kind of, I would not be shocked if that was what's going to happen. If that's what's going to happen, that wouldn't surprise me knowing this team. But we'll see what happens with it all. Um, but that's just how that stress. I, would, I mean, if they could just split that, go two and two in that little tough four-game stretch, so be it. Good for them, right? They're in the playoff hunt. They're going to be in that wild card. Cause they, I think the Eagles is they only lost one game. They're going to run away with the division. So I don't think they can catch them, even though the Eagles got more of a little bit of a tough schedule coming up as well. All right, now, so speaking of the Eagles, let's talk about, let's get into those Week 13 marquee matchups. And that's going to be one of them. It's those San Francisco 49ers at the Philadelphia Eagles. Niners 9-3. Eagles 10-1. Their only loss came against the New York Jets. Can you believe that, right? Jalen Hurts with that horrible game, through the interception, and just, just one of those games, right? Think about it. That's the only game they lost. And it happened to be against the New York Jets and Zach Wilson. How embarrassing. But... Say, you're still 10 and 1. Uh, let's compare some of the stats between these guys on the offensive side of the ball. Brock Purdy, 2,871 passing yards, 19 TDs, 6 picks. Everybody loves him. MVP, okay, whatever. Jalen Hurts, 2,697 uh, passing yards, 18 touchdowns, 10 picks. Throwing the ball, he's still in a lot more interceptions, more than he did all of last year. Um, of course, you know, the tush push, he gets all those easy little rushing touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey, the Niners, 939 rushing yards, 11 touchdowns. But don't forget about DeAndre Swift in Philly. When they actually give him the ball, he's got 881 rushing yards, four TDs. Brandon Ayuk, right receiver for San Francisco, 45 receptions, 881 receiving yards. I'm oh, sorry, Swift's got 770. And then Ayuk's got the 881 receiving yards. Um, and five touchdowns on the year. And A.J. Brown, the beast, who's been kind of quiet these last couple of games. He's got 98, 93 receiving uh, receptions and 1,050 yards, seven touchdowns. Both these teams are averaging 28 points a game. So Niners actually lead the league in points against with uh, just above 15. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if the Eagles can get scoring on here because the 49ers are favored in Philly. It may be like an ugly, cold, rainy day as well. So that'd be something to kind of keep an eye on, kind of like how last week where the Eagle game was just raining like crazy when Buffalo came to town. And if it's a rainy game again, I mean, it was really bad watching. The one thing I can't stand with Philadelphia, and I feel like they just get so lucky at times with it, is... The RPO thing where Jalen Hurts just kind of sticks it into Swift's stomach, holds it, it kind of gives it to him when it's going to be a five-yard loss. Or he just tucks it and does this QB draw thing on third and 15. You're like, whoa, what's going on here? And this slides down or something. Or I don't understand why he pulls the ball so many times with the fake because this is, this annoys. This just annoys me because um, he saw it in the first half. For the Eagles to win against the Niners, I know the Niners have a really tough rush defense, okay? 
adding Chase Young into the mix with a go with that defensive side of the ball. We get it. But you got to run the ball. You're one of the best teams in the league at running the ball along with the Niners. So run the ball. Swift had like two carries that first half. What happened in the second half? You got back in the game with Buffalo by running the ball. Daniel Swift broke off that huge 40-yard run and has kept it going from there. Got to run the ball more. Especially if it's raining outside. There's a freaking hurricane almost like winds. Like, no, I'm scared. A little bit exaggerating. I'm from Florida, so it's a little bit exaggerated up there. It may feel like that, but windy, cold, rainy. You don't pass the ball 40-plus times during the game. So that's one of the formula they have to stick with. It's Sam, the same way with San Francisco and Kristen McCaffrey, who's been an absolute beast this year. He's, you know, just stayed healthy for the most part so far. and. He runs that offense. Having Trent Williams back at the left tackle in action, too, is going to be a real big help. Lane Johnson, I guess, is not coming back for the Eagles. So that's a huge loss on the offensive line for them. But San Francisco, running the ball with Christian McCaffrey, run it with Debo Samuel. There's been a lot of trash talk going on from this Niners-Eagles game, and there's going to be a lot of trash talking in Philly amongst the fans. But the running game is going to be crucial for both teams in this game. And that's going to be the deciding factor of who comes out victorious in this big NFC matchup. A rematch of the NFC Championship game from last year. Of course, we all know what Brock Purdy got, got hurt. Some was the shoulder or that was the elbow injury, I believe. And the Niners ended up having no quarterbacks. The other guy gets knocked out too. Christian McCaffrey has to play quarterback. And the Eagles... Well, go on to the Super Bowl. So it's a big rematch, revenge game. I want to say that's probably why the Niners are favored. Everybody's healthy. And they're going up against the tough Eagles. The, um, well, the defense has actually been kind of struggling lately. If you come think about it for Philly, the secondary has been atrocious. Um, so it'd be, it's a great game. To, I just, that's one of the four o'clock games I, I can't wait for. Um, and it's, it's an intriguing matchup. I'm going to go with, here's my pick. Oh, man. This is what Eagles team is. How can I hard to go against the Eagles at home? Myers coming across from the West Coast. Yo, can they get their revenge there? I think this time they do. I think the Eagles defense has just been too suspect lately. Letting up too many uh, passing yards and whatnot. I'll go Niners in this one, but I don't think it's going to be as high scoring as we may think. It may be more of a 20 to 17 type of game this time around. So I'll go with the Niners. All right, and I'll get into the next marquee matchup. And the reason why I want to include this one is maybe a surprise to some, but I like the storyline. Chiefs at the Packers. Chiefs are 8 and 3, Packers 5 and 6. Pat Mahomes, first ever game in Lambeau for him. So it's a little nostalgia effect. It maybe it's going to be very cold, possibly snow in Green Bay. So um, Jordan Love, his first career start actually came against Kansas City. Remember, two years ago in 2021, um, made his first career start. Didn't have a very good day at all. Could have still would have kind of could have still would have won the game, but didn't. It was just that bad. 
it was his first career start, first action. And of course, you know, but Aaron Rodgers was still there. And Jordan Love sitting on the sideline. Now it's his team. Um, they lost that game 13 to 7, but it was a very low scoring game. So Jordan Love's team. Can he do it this time around? And that's why I picked this here, because I really believe the Packers can upset the Kansas City Chiefs at home. Lambeau Field, can we get the mystique and stuff back with this field? You know, um, I feel like it can happen. And the reason why, the Packers are 15-0 under Matt LaFleur's tenure in December games. This is a huge game. It's a huge game for them to stay in the wild card hunt as well. If they win, they're up tied with that final wild card spot with the Minnesota Vikings and Seattle Seahawks. They're both six and six. Packers currently five and six, but if they win the game, they will move to six and six. It's a huge game for Green Bay Packers. I think they just got to win this game to propel themselves as up. And they've been on a two game win streak. They played very well last week against the Lions on Thanksgiving Day. And I'm rolling with the Packers in this one. I really believe they can upset Pat Mahomes at home in his first ever game at Lambeau. Now, on the flip side of that, you could really argue like, hey, the Chiefs, Pat Mahomes may have a field day. His first game at Lambeau, kind of like how, you know, NBA players go to Madison Square Garden and they just drop 55, 60 points in their, you know, for the visiting team for some reason. Goes in there and just does it against the New York Knicks. Like, I hope that's not the case here because I'm rolling with the Packers, like I said. So, uh, very well, that storyline could be like that, but we're not going to go there. Uh, Packers remain in schedule at Giants, the Bucks, at Panthers, at Vikings. That could be a big one down later in the season. And the Bears. So, when you look at that schedule, it looks kind of easy for the Packers the rest of the way. And but this could be a huge game for them to get a little bit of a head start. Uh, the Chiefs remain scheduled. They got the Bills next. I'm um, sorry. They got oh yeah they do. They got the Bills at Pats, the Raiders, the Bengals, and at the Chargers. So the Chiefs fighting for a lot of AFC opponents there coming up to um, that are you know fighting for wild card spots like the Buffalo Bills, the Raiders are barely hanging on Bengals. They, they lost Joe Burrow, so they're kind of out. Their schedule looks kind of easier. The Chargers have been in a disarray. They, they won't fire Brandon Staley, though, for some reason. They're four and seven. They think they still have a shot at the playoffs, but very disappointing team. So the Chiefs even remaining schedule. It's kind of okay, but they're number two seed in the AFC right now. If they lose and like Miami wins, Jacksonville wins, Kansas City is going to fall. That AFC race is going to be really, really tight because it's, I mean, losing one game could really deter who's going to be in and out come towards the end of the season. It's going to be a tight race between like five, six teams all having them around the same record. Tiebreakers going to play a big factor. All right, for the last topic of the day, let's talk about my guy, Devon A. Chain. Miami Dolphins running back, rookie, finally getting back. He's my one of my favorite guys I've watched so far um, in the in the leagues. You know, he got hurt, been out five of the last six games, came back at that one little um, spot against the Raiders in this you know, one, one play, and that was it. So, yeah, put on IR, but now they've announced that he's officially back. He's going to be playing. He has 39 carries, 461 yards on the year. 
Of course, 10 receptions, but he's averaging 11.8 yards a carry, five touchdowns. He runs a 4-3-6, 40-yard dash, man. Be prepared, this man against at Washington Commanders. Look the heck out. My guy is back. He's fully healthy, they say. Mike McDaniel said he's playing. There's no injury designation going into this week's game. So if you got any fancy football radar, put him in your lineup. Dave Devon Achan is about to go beast mode. Now, Raheem Mostart has played really, really well for the um, Miami Dolphins. I mean, he leads the league in running backs, I think, in touchdowns now. So he's played exceptionally well. But Achan's a different animal. Look out, Washington. Here comes Miami. Two-headed beast in the backfield with Mostert and then A-Chan with Tyreek and Waddle on the outside. Can't wait to finally see our offense all back in motion. Let's go. That's going to do it for today's episode here. Thank you for joining me on Sports Talk from the crib with your favorite sports host, Tanner Christian. Remember, new episodes are airing every Tuesday and Friday. Be sure to check out our website, sportstalkfromthecrib.com. Follow us on social media at Feely Heat Entertainment. It's at Feely Heat ENT. We're on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and X. Thank you all for joining me again. Have a blessed weekend. Catch you all Tuesday. Tuesday.